Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following episode of Loose Units contains graphic discussions of suicide and violence. If this is in any way going to be triggering for you, maybe give it a miss and we'll see you next week. When I was a little kid, my dad was a cop. You see, dad was a cop in Sydney in the 1980s at the height of its most corrupt, violent, bizarre period, at least as far as crime and policing went. And when I was a kid, I stumbled into some of his case files, quite literally, and saw some incredibly disturbing crime scene photos. And I was plagued by recurring nightmares for years and years. And so, one day, I decided to ask him what exactly he went through all those decades ago on the streets of North Sydney. So I pulled out a tape recorder, this tape recorder actually, and I got it all on record. I wrote a book about it, in fact. It's called Loose Units. And like I said, we went to some deep, dark, disturbing corners of policing, and it was all on the record. Well, not all of it, actually. That's why we're here. Lots of it was too strange, too horrible, too... Well, loose, funnily enough, to make it onto the pages of Loose Units. And in Loose Units, the podcast, right here every week, I'll sit down with Dad in the same room that we recorded the book sessions in, and we will go places we never did in the book itself. Enjoy. All right, so what's the word of the... The word of the day is tree. Great. So what story do you have that could... Because last week we talked a lot about guns. I mean, the episodes, it was literally called Frontier Justice. I don't think tree is a particularly exciting angle. Could you prove me wrong? I can prove you wrong. Uh, In fact, I'd be happy to. Because when I say tree, it actually reminds me of two words. The Oaks. Well, forget the the, but Oaks Hotel, which is a very famous hotel in Neutral Bay called technically the oaks hotel this is great stuff i mean quibbling over whether it's one word or two is just fa- like we're going to shoot to the top of the charts right oh, now love it so uh i've got i've actually got a few oaks hotel stories can we get them as sponsors <laughs> of these bad stories uh, not after these stories i can assure you uh, you know th- this this first story is really really heavy okay, okay. Yeah. actually it's probably three stories and i and i i you know, back in the 80s, there was a drinking culture in the uh, New South Wales Police Force. I don't know whether this still happens, but on the last night of every night shift in every police station in New South Wales, mm-hmm. think about this, um, and I think we may have touched on it in the book. We used to have a big cook-up. Did we touch no, on that's it? No, that was going to be in the book, but it wasn't in the Fantastic. book. Fantastic. Okay, so every police station... Uh, across the state you'd uh so that would have been a wednesday night thursday morning 
and you would have designated staff, generally quite senior staff, that would be in charge of cooking. And you'd put all the tables together and you basically had a banquet. Mm. And it was really, really good. Uh, you know, there was uh, there were roast vegetables, roast chickens, legs of lamb. It was a big spread. Mm. And you'd all sit down. Now, here's the weird thing. And I didn't think about this till years later, but can you imagine being a crim knowing that basically there was not one police car on the street in Sydney on a Thursday morning between, say, midnight and, <coughs> midnight and 3, maybe 1am and 3am? Because that was the time when all cars returned to the station. And you used to have this code that had put out over VKG and they'd sort of say oh, 6-1 and you'd go yeah 6-1 receiving and they'd go 6-1 would you return to the station please mm. and that was the callback for dinner and it was great so here my, my point being that in fact what is my point <laughs> Jesus Christ um, the point is that because what you did then in terms of like if this was a if this was a work of fiction that would be the beginning of a story where the bad guys did find out true 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 and took advantage of that no but in, in, in the reality I feel is that you know what they knew about it and perhaps lots of things did happen maybe they had their criminal breakfast maybe they did mm. um, like an armistice like over, like like the Germans and the uh, British playing great. soccer on yeah. yeah this is rather sad isn't it yeah giving each other presents depressed now yep so we had this big hotel we had a lot of hotels in North Sydney Mossman but probably the most so here's the thing we in life you can't you don't get something without giving something back now the local publicans used to give the police lots and lots of alcohol around Christmas time so much so that at North Sydney, we had one of our cells that was designated for alcohol. Shock horror. I mean, the first time I saw a complete cell designated, floor to ceiling, mm. with alcohol. These were gifts from all the local pubs, which would be divided up amongst the staff. Can I just say at this juncture... Thank you very much to whoever was in charge of distributing all the alcohol back then because I never got one can. Nothing. Which is... Look, God knows who got it, but I, I certainly never got anything. Um, Do you think you're owed some, like back pay? No. Believe it or not, I'm getting to a point here. And that is that after the last night, which was Thursday morning, we'd had the big cook-up. Invariably, all the police, at least at the stations I worked at, we'd then go to a local pub... Now, the Oaks Hotel um, used to... It was closed, but they'd open it up for us. So, you know, up to maybe 20 police yeah. from North Sydney, Mossman and a couple of other stations. We'd rock up to the Oaks. We'd park discreetly out the back and they would basically open the pub, which is amazing, and it's free. And they'd have at least one or two staff, which they're paying to allow the local police in uniform well we'd have jumpers on yeah. and some of them and there were police cars there um, and we would they'd basically open the bar and we'd, we'd all get pissed and needless to say a lot of police would drive to Maggot so but that's a whole other story sure so here's the thing I'd be thinking to myself now they're not doing this for the fun of it there's got to be a reason that the owners of these hotels do this. Some hotels, I can tell you this, that at the Crow's Nest Hotel, they had a special room 
which was uh, designated the police room. Mm. It was an area where police on duty could go in, in uniform, and go into a special room and have a drink, mm. and then go back out on the road. And that was just how it was. Um, so, here's the thing. One night, when I was a senior man, we got a call to the Oaks Hotel, and there were two young guys, really, really nice blokes, well-educated. I don't know whether that's relevant or not, but for me, it's part of the story. Mm. And they were nice guys, and the... Um, the manager of the pub, or, or perhaps the publican, I'm not sure who, but someone very high up in that, uh, the Oaks Hotel had decided that these two guys had stolen a bar stool. And as a result of that, he wanted them taken back to North Sydney Police Station and charged. Now, I had a real problem. Firstly, I didn't believe the story. Mm. Secondly, I'm in charge, so I decide. I don't like to be told when I get to a job and the person... The complainant is saying to me what I, what I'm going to do, what what you have to do. What he's telling me how I have to sort of blah blah blah. Well, you don't work for him. Don't work for him. But then I began to realise, this is the time when they want payback. Okay, they're mm-hmm. calling in their little favours for whatever reason. So I'm the I'm the senior man. I take these two guys back to the station. Really nice blokes. And this is a heavy story. So. We took them into one of the rooms. Um, you'd walk into the North Sydney Police Station, the counter was in front of you, and then you could go into the right, which was sort of an interview room where you'd sort of, you know, take statements off people. And we were chatting with them, and they were they were nice guys, and I wasn't convinced. Because if I'm not satisfied there's enough evidence, I'm not going to charge, because otherwise I look like a fucking idiot. And when, if it goes to court... And the magistrate, the magistrate can say to me, "Well, you, you, why did you arrest these people?" Mm. What, what, what? And you can't go, "Well, it's because we get all this free alcohol, and basically we're doing what the publican wants us to do." Yeah. You'd, you'd be fucked. Yeah. So everything was going really, really well, and I was just about to say to these two young guys, "Look, I'm going to let you go because it's a joke. Yeah. This whole thing." Yeah. And then, unfortunately, um, a phone call had been made. And two detectives came in to the room and one of the detectives was drunk. I'll never forget the guy. He looked um, sort of simian. So he sort of looked half half man, half monkey. Mm. And uh, he sort of, he proved Darwin's theory of the, the missing link. And he was wearing an oversized suit. We could just see his fingers. And he was grubby and he was disheveled. And oh, gee, I can remember this guy's face so well. He was really tanned and he was a thug. And he came up and he grabbed one of my guys. Mm. They're, my, they're my, I won't say prisoners, but, you know, it's, it's my brief. Yeah. And uh, the other detective came in and they were really, they were heavy guys. And they weren't from, they weren't local detectives. They were from one of the squads in the city. Right. So God knows what was going on. And they basically told me, and you never fucked with detectives, ever. Because right. these detectives back in those days, I don't know what it's like now. But back in the day, detectives were, they were like minor deities. They were, they were godlike. And these guys were really heavy. Mm. And they basically said to me and my mate, fuck off, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with this. Mm. And at that point, I began to feel a little bit, bit ill. I think I thought something's going down here. So... I went outside and with one of the 
one of the guys. Yeah. And they interrogated the first guy. And we could hear like furniture being thrown around and they were bashing him. This is over an alleged stool. Then I smelt this weird smell and it was smoke. And what they'd done, they'd made him do a statement, then they burnt it. They set it on fire because they weren't happy with it. And they made him do another one. And what they in essence did was that they made these, or the first guy do a statement admitting the offence in full. And then I began to realise, talking to the other guy outside, who was starting to cry, he was shitting himself. He said, mate, he said, this is bullshit. He said, we did not do this. We are being fitted for this. And it was such a non-event. Hence me wanting to let them go. And then the door opened and we could see this guy who'd been sitting down inside Mm. and he'd been really... He'd been treated probably like a rapist or maybe a murderer or a kitty fucker. You know what I mean? Mm. That's the gravity of it. And I'm thinking to myself, this is so fucked. But what could I do? Mm. You can't go and talk to him and you can't say to the sergeant in charge, mate, this is just so out of hand. But these things would gain momentum. And you didn't, you never knew why it was happening, but you realised later that, well, some these detectives were connected in some way. And then the second guy went in and basically he was so scared that he just signed up and admitted to all this stuff and that they hadn't done. And uh, they went to court and they pleaded guilty. And that was the end of it. Pleaded guilty to what? To stealing and other stuff, but they hadn't done it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I realized that. So my question is, do you think the uh, do you think the publican knew what would happen when he? No, he didn't care. They don't care. They just know that 
when something happens, uh, when they make that call, mm. they want instant satisfaction. But isn't that the job of good friends to call their friends on their bullshit? And isn't that the job of the cops to go, look, mate, we've got a great relationship with you, but uh, this isn't a real... Too much at stake. I'm just a lowly constable. No, no. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about, like, people... I'm just... I I think... I would like to think that the police have the perspective to not send two thugs after... I don't know. It just... It really upsets me. That that, that was not an uncommon occurrence. Yeah. You know, I've witnessed things far, far, far worse than that which I'll we'll talk about in future podcasts. This episode is brought to you by the Oaks Hotel. It's not, it is in no way brought to you by, by the Oaks Hotel. Listen, um, when you said tree as the... Oak, oak tree. Oak tree. When, well, you, tree was the initial word. I thought you meant the one about the suicides involving the van. and the, Do you remember the, the one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. D- that one didn't make it into no. the book, but I really think it should have. Okay. Uh, and do you want to pivot wildly yeah. and go from... Uh, you know, uh, so, so this is a particular case. This was a series of suicides that swept across New South Wales and possibly Australia, but there was never any mention of, of how these people were killing themselves. Mm. They were worried about copycat suicides. Um, and how how much of this do you want me to explain? Well, I, I want. I mean, you can be as graphic as you like. Like the book's pretty graphic. Yeah. But you've got about ten minutes, so we can go. We can go deep here if you want. First of all, did you ever end up on site at any of these crime scenes? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I discovered a. Uh, you know, working general duties, you were quite often the first at the scene of some of the most, you know, unbelievable things. Um, if I can digress for a sec, um, I mean, some of the stuff was almost. Not comical, that's not the right word, but if you want to talk about black humour, uh, here's a classic. Um, a friend of mine, me and my colleague, we were called to a uh, suicide. Uh, it happened in a uh, private home, and we were met by the mother. So quite often general duties are the first at the scene. Mm-hmm. You've got to go in and kind of, you know, suss out. Um, so you're the first. And, you know, the mother stayed outside and she gave us really, really, really specific directions as to where her daughter was. Mm. She'd hung herself. It's a really depressing job. So, and it was a really nice house in a normal street. You know, so you're just, life's great. You're cruising. Your life's, you know, your, your own life's amazing. And it's a beautiful day. The sun's out. You listen to some nice music, having good conversation. You rock up to this house. The mother says, you know, my daughter's dead. I just found her. She's hanging in a bedroom. So we went upstairs and, you know, we listened to the, the instructions fairly clearly and we could not find the daughter. And we went back downstairs and we just said, we, we just can't find your daughter. And she said, no, no, she's up there, she's hanging. Oh, God, we thought. So we went back up. And I'm just thinking, where is she? Anyway, I opened up this bloody cupboard. And there she was inside the cupboard. And what she'd done, she'd got this rope and tied it around where you have your clothes hanging. Mm. She'd got a chair. She tilted the chair to ni- at 90 degrees, so it was inside the cupboard looking to the end of the cupboard. She put a rope around her neck, but also she'd put two plastic bags around her head. And then she'd sat on the chair and she'd tilted forward. And at a certain point, the chair gave way and she just... There she was, hanging in a cupboard. That was pretty heavy. Which reminds me of a funny story about cupboards. It shouldn't, but... I know it shouldn't, but we got this call to this elderly lady and she insisted that she was watching people making love, having sex, 
from this. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, from this, from her bedroom, and she found it really, really, really distressing. And you know, she said, "Oh, look, it's so upsetting. I watch them all the time, and it's just, you know, I just can't stand it." You know, they, they're walking around the house in the nude. They're neighbours, of course. And uh, we went into the room, and she said, "Oh, look, you know, you can see it from the bedroom window." And we're looking. We we just couldn't see anything. She said, "Oh, no, 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 no! You've got to get up on a chair." You have to get up on a chair, and then she said, "You've actually got to get up on top of the cupboard to see them." True, true story. Incredible. All right, that's so, that's, that's a silly. No, story. you know what? You're right. That was funny. Okay, so, so that's because th- this story about the these because the suicide story was relevant, and that it does furrow us towards the final story of this episode. So, do you want to tell me about the the story with the rash of suicides across New South Wales? I don't know how it all came about, but someone back in the day in, in the 80s, 70s and 80s, panel vans. You know what a panel van is? Well, just talk me through what it was like to get to the crime scene. Do you want to start with the crime scene or what do you well, think? it was in the bush. So a lot of these people that, a lot of people that commit suicide obviously like to do it in a fairly quiet, private place. Mm. And this was a couple. They were in a panel van. And now I'm kind of slightly dubious to talk about this because I, I know that there's no statute of limitations on... It being discussed, but I do know that at the time this was the most horrific, and I'd, 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 it'd scare me to think that this would re, reignite a particular method. See, do you want to put a? We can put. Well, I'm going to put a big trigger warning at the front of this episode and basically say like this is going to talk about suicide, and if you if you are in any way affected by this, yeah, please talk so, to somebody. Don't yeah. don't because a lot no, of this stuff. So, is, yeah. Look, it's something that you you know, like for example, of late we had that that. Case of you know people putting pins in strawberries. Yes, like we all know that you know people copy these things. Yeah. Now someone's been charged over that. A disgruntled employee in in Queensland, I believe. You know, but there were, it was happening all over Australia. Yeah. And I and it's just it's terrible to think about that. But this particular case was a case that was very much in in the media, but not in the media. So it was happening a lot, but and and no one really knew except the police, the poor police that were going to these particular scenes. Now, in the early days uh, with panel vans, and people used to be, be in panel van clubs. There was a big one on the northern beach called the East Coast Van Club. And there was this amazing panel van in Australia called Midnight Blue. And it was this incredible, and it was like the, the, the pinnacle of, because they used to do beautiful artwork on the yeah. sides, and they used to call them shag and wagons. Have you heard that term before? Yes. Okay, so what used to happen is that occasionally people would, uh, couples, it was always couples, they would um, go out into the bush, and they would open up the back window, and um, now I don't want to be. I just got to be really careful here. That of course, because I don't. I don't want to be cop any flack for this. No, no. I'm going to put. The, like I said, uh, we take this stuff very seriously. There'll be big warnings up the front of this, basically saying if anything suicide related triggers you, then don't listen to the episode. So uh, you have been warned. This may get a little bit graphic. Would you say? Yeah. Okay. So what people would do? I mean, how they came up with this idea is just staggering. So they would get. Two pieces of rope. Have I ever told you this before? You told me the start of it. Mm. They'd get two pieces of rope. They'd find a nice area out in the bush and uh, with sort of a with a bit of a clear passage. They would tie the ropes onto a really big tree and maybe have 100 feet of each rope. And they would then open the back of the panel van and they would feed the ropes. I mean, it's so diabolical. Yeah. And, and it's so terrible to think that 
it's such a bizarre concept. It's also weird to think that whilst they're setting the whole thing up, you'd think you'd have some time to sort of start to think, well, hang on, is this a really good idea? And the weirdest thing was, of course, it was generally couples and young couples. And what they do is they feed the ropes through the back of the van into the passenger seat and then they tie the ropes around their neck and then the guy driving it floor it and they just head off and they'd both be decapitated as the rope went taut. So when you got to these crime scenes... They were always heads down where their feet were. Horrific. So... It got to the stage where, where the authorities were actually really... They wouldn't allow the media to actually um, to really report on the method because mm. they were absolutely... Because it seemed to be... They, these were not one-off events. And this is pre-internet where, like, there's no... The, the, your ability to disseminate strange... Uh, I don't know. It's, and it was, it was only panel vans. Incredible. And this was in the early 80s. Early 80s, yeah. It's so strange. So imagine being next to your loved one, partner, and these were people in their 20s, and they would uh, have the the, the nooses tied around their respective necks, going back to a tree through the panel van, out the back window, because they'd have a section that would open up, sort of flip up, and then off you drive, and you drive for maybe, well, up to, let's say, maybe 20, 30 metres, and all of a sudden... And the car would keep going. Did you ever suspect foul play? Never. Why not? It's possible, but I, I guess you'd have to try to set that up. You'd have to be in the car. Well, that, that's you'd the... have to. Nah. It's too bizarre. It sounds less like a suicide pact and more like a like a Jonestown. It sounds like cult behaviour. I don't know whether anyone's ever really looked into it. You'd have to look at the stats, but I do know that there was a, a national um, ban on reporting on it. You, really you were just it was because they were absolutely shit scared yeah that it was going to become some incredible like thrill killing kind of amazing sort of because let's face it it's pre- I mean if I hadn't have seen I've, I've seen some pretty bad shit because you know that ultimately I went into forensics and mm. and you know I've worked I've been some seen some very very shitty things mm. but you know that's the thing about general duties too you know um, I also your readers may or may not know that um, I went on to um, join the Work Cover Authority where I was investigating industrial accidents for a few years. And then I went on to join the New South Wales Fire Brigades where I was a fiery for 10 years and ended up a ladder driver. And you know, But I'll say this, and some fireys are going to go, that's bullshit. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, and I'm, I can base this on my 10 years in the police, in, in the fire brigade, um, Putting aside bushfires, which are a whole frightening fucking shit fight, but that's a unique, amazing situation that is just surreal. But if you take that out of the equation, and I talk about serious motor vehicle accidents and deceased persons and getting into buildings and, to, you know, to help the police, etc., I would say that back in the day when I was a policeman, particularly the early 80s, I can, I can hand on heart say that I saw more in a month and I'm being very generous here because I actually could go a lot less but I saw more in a month in the police force than 10 years in the fire brigade now of course people are going to go well it depends on where you work in the fire brigade but 
police get to see so much stuff that you cannot imagine, like on a daily basis. Mm. Um, Do you think it's affected your ability to enjoy things? Not in the slightest. In fact, it's made me appreciate things far more. I take never take anything for granted. Mm. Really, really happy and grateful to experience all the great things in life. And um, yeah, it's awesome. Okay. We don't usually end on sincerity, but let's give it a shot. That is, I'm being sincere. I can tell. Read it on your face. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Loose Units, the podcast. Now, originally, we were looking at doing an eight-episode run for this season. We were thinking of keeping it pretty tight, but because of overwhelming support and because so many of you are listening, Dad and I have had a bit of a chat, and he's agreed to fly down for a few days, and we are going to be doing either 12 or 15 episodes in total now. Then we're going to take a break, then we're going to come back. And we're going to do some more. So basically, there's a lot more loose units headed your way. And speaking of loose units, if you haven't already, drop what you're doing right now and run or walk. Just make sure you get there to your local bookshop and grab a copy of Loose Units, the book, or buy it on Amazon or wherever you get your books. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook. We have an awesome Facebook page for Loose Units. Uh, And also, head to iTunes, leave a rating and a review, and tell your friends about the show. And now that that's enough homework, I think, for this week, if you'll excuse me, I have some homework of my own. I need to make sure Dad's favorite whiskey is stocked for next week's slew of interview sessions. So I'll see you next week, and welcome to 2019, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.